we're live. Yeah. All I right. I don't think we're cutting to, out anymore. To hell with the countdown this time. I usually do the countdown because I'm the one who, like, since we're far away from each other, so I have to let everyone know, you know? I am the captain now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and I still can't see any of you guys. Because <laughs> you live for him. You did this to yourself. Mm-hmm. Yep, and I did not get my bronets. No, you Listen, didn't. I don't have a call. I'm sorry. <laughs> I did go to the local bakery and got, like, the four left on their shelf, which was, like, two apple fritters and four glazed. Which were the ones probably touched by everyone who's in your No, no, no. They're, like, in a <laughs> the glass leftovers. <laughs> but, you know, I was like, oh, do you guys have any more flavors? The girl like me, she's like, yeah, we have, like, ten different varieties, but you have to get here by, like, 10 a.m. And I'm like, I have a real job. That's, that's too much. That's too much work. This is what happens when quarantine happens. Everybody's just, oh, I guess I'll get donuts at nine in the morning. <laughs> First it was Wait. the toilet paper, now it's the donuts. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's true. Well, literally, like, I have one want, like, I'm not a donut person to begin with. Like, I'm not, the, like, I don't like sweets. But, like, this last, probably the last two weeks, I've just been craving donuts like crazy, and I refuse to get Tim Hortons donuts. Yeah, that's a mistake. <laughs> so, Tim Hortons donuts is big as choosing. It's like, I guess I have no other choice, you know? That's exactly it. Like, it's like, if the co-op is closed and the bakery is closed, then I guess I will settle for Tim Hortons. Mm-hmm. I but mean, get those crack donuts from Superstore or whatever first. Those Annette's mini donuts or whatever. Yeah. They look good. They, they are, but they I'm changed, not the biggest... They changed the recipe, and they're not as good as they used to be. They're, I find they're dry now. Hmm. And it's not, like, a mystery why people get donuts from Tim Hortons. We're not going back to this, like... Okay, you know what? I want we're to address no, we're not this. Because this. <laughs> this is going to be so fun. How? Say, I haven't had bronuts or O-donuts in, like, months. I have literally wanted bronuts donuts since, like, Joby mentioned them in December. In December? Yeah. And I have not had them. Oh, okay. You're not... That sucks. I'm sorry, fam. I'm sorry. We're all... <laughs> Suck it up, okay? <laughs> hey, hey, you live in a city with a selection of food. Jesus Christ. I have, like, three People restaurants. Getting Corona, <laughs> and we're, we're sad that we can't get donuts at 9 a.m. The, the ultimate oh, first okay, person, first world problems or whatever. <laughs> I'm sorry. Like, it's Hashtag first weird. world problems. Like, we can't just always be like, man, Corona, Corona, Corona. Like, yes, Corona's here this week. It's going to be here next week. I'm sorry, but it's just because someone decided to eat something weird. Yeah, yeah. We're all looking Here's for a transition, but we can't find it. Oh, we can't you, pun how to train your dragon. <laughs> we can't pun how to train your dragon. How do you make a pun out of that? For context, Adam, we normally make a pun to segue into the main <laughs> clip. I we mean, can. we could go like really, really down into the gutters. <sighs> all right, all right. And make like a penis reference. No, uh, no, 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 no. <laughs> No. How is I was it? hey, that's the only thing I can think of for like a segue. I was gonna say, how is it that the room full of four guys didn't think of the dick joke? Like, <laughs> because I honestly don't know. I think it's because we've all learned to turn our dragon. Oh, uh, okay. That's the worst one. Yeah, that's the we'll give it to him. We <laughs> found a way. Well done. I applaud so you. That's what the movie was about. <laughs> I applaud you. It's just a giant metaphor. Wow. <laughs> You guys already pushed us in that direction. I didn't want to go there, but it, just, it already happened. We had it's nothing fine. else. <laughs> Let's just start this show. Let's start the show.
Sam's already interrupting people. <laughs> Seriously, I don't even get to introduce myself, and it's just boom, done. You're no longer a host. So what Sam wanted to say is we have replaced Pam with Adam Semchuk. Care to introduce yourself, Adam? Hello, my name is Adam. I am a, uh, a graduate of the film studies of U of M, so uh, I guess I'm the expert. He is... See, well, after the drive disaster, we probably should have brought an actual film student on. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Did you ever see Drive? I did. What was your thoughts on it? Loved it. Oh, thank you. It's genius. Uh, thank you. It's genius. Okay. That's it. <laughs> yeah. That was by far our most divisive <laughs> podcast. To be fair, like, I don't love it as much as like every other uh, film student I've ever met because they're like, Drive is the greatest movie ever made and it's the greatest movie of the last decade and like, if you don't love every second of Drive, do you even study cinema? And I'm like, well, I mean, like, you know, had its moments. But, uh, I would say, Sam, you need to go for your masters because those seem to be the only people who respect you. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Watching you. Remember how we talked about this? Yeah. And you guys said film students look down on you. <laughs> We didn't say film students look down on us. We said if we don't like the movie, then they'll look down on us. <laughs> and we then didn't they, like the movie. And they judge our intelligence. Oh my goodness. But the yeah. Northern Critic Podcast is a film review podcast that looks at audience or host um, hand-picked films based off of plot, cinematography, casting, and style. All of the review points that we touch on are solely based off of our own opinions as your hosts and our guests on the show. Um, we are reviewing How to Train Your Dragon, um, the animated film. It came out in 2010. It has a Rotten Tomato score of 99%. Holy shit. This is the highest critically acclaimed movie we've ever done on this podcast. Um, it has an 8.1 8 .1 out of 10 on IMDb and 75% on Metacritic. And it says 94% of audiences liked the film. Um... Do we need to go over the plot? I feel like everyone would have... <laughs> a, a lot of people have seen it already, although right. Adam's hadn't, my... so... Adam yeah. hasn't. <laughs> this was my first time. Yeah. It, was, it was pretty good. <laughs> I guess I could go over it. Basically, uh, the plot of this film is Hiccup, a Viking, must kill a dragon to mark his passage into manhood and be initiated into his tribe. However, he ends up doing the exact opposite by befriending a deadly night fury. Yeah, that's basically the plot. It's pretty much every single... Well, I mean, it's literally called How to Train Your Dragon. This is the typical Dragon Rider story, right? Mm -hmm. um, it, it's very formulaic in that sense. Um, but I think what makes this movie so good is there's not like a single wasted second in it, as far as I can tell. I pretty much liked every phase of this movie, though I am particularly fond of the first two acts, which I just think are absolutely brilliant. And then the third is kind of a little bit more formulaic, but it definitely used the elements it set up in terms of like foreshadowing and whatnot 
really well. It shows us everything. Like when they take out the big dragon at the end, you go, okay, yeah, they, they showed us how that could be possible, right? right? And that's something that I really appreciate about this movie now that I watch it again with a critical eye. Because right. um, this time when I was watching it, I definitely did kind of try and look for holes and uh, I'll get deeper into like the small nitpicks that I have, um, but overall, I personally think this movie is phenomenal. It is my favorite animated movie, maybe my favorite movie overall. Yeah, I would. It's deep. It's deep. Like I don't know how I'm gonna go as deep as that. Yeah, we're like, getting into initial thoughts right now. So yeah, yeah, I guess in the my initial thought would just be like me, like movie. <laughs> <laughs> Not Dragon good. <laughs> dragon good. No, I, I really do love this movie. It's I maintain that How to Train Your Dragon trilogy is almost the most perfect trilogy of movie quality. Every movie quality is just insanely good. The characters are lovable. The Toothless. Toothless is so great. Like, who does not love Toothless, right? He's a cat. He's an overgrown, cold-blooded okay. cat. Okay, not gonna lie. Do you know how big of an influx of black cats there was named Toothless after this fucking movie came yes. out. Yes. Just not even Wait black cats. Cats in general. Way too many. Way too many. But it's like, that's what happens with pop culture. It's like, after Game of Thrones, how many white dogs were named Ghost? How many yeah. children were named Daenerys, unfortunately. Yeah. Ooh, that would hold you up. Yeah. <laughs> I know one. The last oh, you know Daenerys? Yeah. Oh. I didn't name him, but I know, I know a child named Daenerys. <laughs> Uh, oh, like, pretty similar to, to Michael. I really dug, basically, the entire plot. I really thought it uh, borrowed the Joseph Campbell, you know, Hero of a Thousand Faces uh, monomyth and basically, you know, hit all those beats that, like, for example, you know, the first Star Wars movie does that very well. This did it very well. Um, there is a book that I read called Save the Cat that'll, like, yep. basically break down every beat in in a movie and it'll kind of change how you watch movies it and follows was, it to a t doesn't it uh, as i was watching this i was like oh that's this beat oh that's this beat and i, I would like to watch it a second time with the book in front of me because it'll <laughs> even like outline like what minute it's supposed to happen yep. in a movie so i'm like <clears throat> but that's not to take anything away from it i thought it was a very uh heartwarming story i was a little bit scared at first when it opened with the big narration because i was like oh god is this going to be one of those movies <laughs> yeah. where it's like here audience member let me hold your hand through the whole thing but i was like oh we drop it pretty quick it's just to give us the window into the world and you know it comes back at the end very similar to the first spider-man movie where it's like bookended with this this voiceover narration um and yeah and i thought it was just yeah very well done very heartfelt i love uh, how it told its story visually which is something dreamworks has always uh, excel that even a little bit more so than Disney not to you know throw shade or anything but it's like it just had it had more of like a, a director and filmic quality than a lot of other animated films do yeah I was gonna say too like uh, watching it now in 2020 versus watching it back in 2010 that we've seen some other animated movies come out now watching this again kind of gave me you know, into the Spider-Verse vibe, especially with the relationship between father and son. Interesting. So when I saw that, it made me think of Into the Spider-Verse, and I was like, huh. It's like this very similar, like, relationship plot points between father and son that I noticed were sprinkled into that, too. It might have been influenced by How to Train Dragon, who knows. Um, but I thought that was great as well. So that, um, I do have a piece of paper in my pocket where I have all of my stuff written down and stole 
Michael's thing. Um, <laughs> but that's just because I really love this movie. I happen to have a bearded dragon at home, so dragons are my thing. Um, Mushi was my favorite animated character up until... Up until Toothless. Up. Yeah. <laughs> he's not Toothless, but, you know, he's kind of like a Toothless that could talk and maybe was Eddie Murphy. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, no, all around, love this movie. I loved, I think I, I had like four or five conflict points that happened in this movie that I noticed. Um, you know, between, first of all, Hiccup and Stoic. Then you have Astrid and, like, the culture of the Vikings versus Hiccup. And then you have you know, um, stoic and, you know, the expectations he has on Hiccup versus both Hiccup and Toothless. Mm -hmm. um, and then you have, ultimately, dragons versus Vikings, right? So it's like, there was, all of that was interwoven into the story pretty well. Um, watching it again, when we first see, anyways, we'll get into that. Yeah, we'll get, get deep, deep into it. it. Yeah. But overall, I loved it. I enjoyed it again. Probably still going to keep rewatching it forever. Mm -hmm. Yeah, honestly. Okay, so um, I, first off, I can't believe one, this movie is 10 years old already, and two, I actually forgot it was a DreamWorks picture. Um, honestly, I was just like, oh, it's a Disney picture. Yeah, it has that kind of quality vibe, <laughs> And then I right? was like, wait, then like, honestly, today, or yesterday, I started watching this, oh yeah, it's a DreamWorks picture. Um, but I mean, a lot of the DreamWorks picture, like even with Road to El Dorado, have that very Disney vibe to it. Mm. Um, I love this movie. I mean, I've seen it probably two, three dozen times at this point. I do have my minor little like nitpick things with it, and it's probably a lot of the same ones that you guys have. Um, and honestly, part of my favorite part with the movie is that little bit of narration at the beginning and end. Um, even though this is like an animated film, it kind of reminds me of one of my all-time favorite films, Legends of the Fall, how that starts with um, a, a short narration at the beginning and then kind of the similar narration at the end and just bookends it. Like, I don't know if you, any of you guys have seen Legends of the Fall, but it's very, like, the way it's done is very similar. Um, yeah, overall, I'm not going to say too much because I do love this movie. Um, and it's an animated movie that is held up really well well over time because like you do get some of those animated movies that don't hold up well um like shrek personally i don't think held up well as an animated movie whereas this one is holding up and like i will go through and watch one two and three no problem again um but yeah that's kind of my initial thoughts and i mean Hiccup's a fun character overall, and you cannot not love Toothless, especially if you love cats. Yeah. Uh, just to riff off the, um, uh, like, it, this movie aged well versus some that didn't, uh, it just kind of made me think of, like, Wreck-It Ralph, or the second Wreck-It Ralph, uh, Breaks the Internet. Like, that yeah. movie, I feel like, is going to go stale relatively quickly, just mm -hmm. because it relies on a lot of sort of pop culture references and so on. Even if its core is solid, it's got yeah. a lot of stuff around the edges that is, it's, it's going to wither where away, is, unfortunately. Whereas this is, like, that'll be okay for our generation. But give yeah. it five, ten years when the next generation comes along. Like, with this, this is such a, like, a traditional legend-esque story. It's one of those things that, hey, if they wanted to remake this in 40 years, 
or do a live action in 40 years, oh, it's still going to be good, yeah. right? They wouldn't need well, to change we can, we can hope. <laughs> I just want to mention, I love Uji's reaction to that. If you say live action, he's like, oh, God. He and flinched. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, I don't want a I'm live sorry. action. I'm okay. Disney's live actions have, have, have hurt me. Yeah. Beauty and the Beast has been really the only good one. You know what? I, I think that this one could work. I was just going to say that, um, yeah. Because it... Dragons aren't real. We're not going to be looking at a lion going, lions don't do that. <laughs> they can get away with more with a dragon. Um, I think the only elements that would uh, kind of fail a bit would be the slapstick elements, right. where it's like yeah. the guy falls and takes a hit that would like kill a normal person that mm-hmm. flies in a cartoon but it doesn't in an an- or a live action quote yeah unquote, or like movie, when the right? grunkle falls on um yeah like what's his name why can't i think of his name <sighs> oh, oh Viking um, fish legs. Fish legs? is fish legs the fish fat one fish legs the fat one okay it's not loud I as thought... the yeah 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 and then there's rough nut and tough nut okay so i love rough nut and tough nut yeah. <laughs> on that actually that is one of my very few complaints about this movie, um, is I think that the sort of side characters, there's a couple too many of them. Um, and it's not that they detracted from the movie, but they didn't feel useful. Like, you could cut them all out from the plot, and the movie would be the same, right? You would just have a little bit of missing side comedy. Right. So we could, you could roll all of those characters into one and have a group of three friends like mm-hmm. Astrid and Hic- mm-hmm. Hiccup obviously and then one other that's like a culmination of all of those other side characters mm-hmm. I personally think that would have made for a stronger movie I, I honestly oh sorry, oh sorry I was gonna say honestly out of all the characters I would have liked to have like those side characters Astrid and Hiccup yes I would have definitely gotten rid of the twins uh, even mm-hmm. as much as I enjoy them I probably would have balled them all into fish. Fish legs is the the one, know-it-all one, right? Yeah. Yeah, I would have rolled them all kind of into fish legs. Because he seems like the most useful out of those yeah, four. Yeah, because he actually contributed something. The twins right. were literally slapstick, and um, Mr. Broad Shoulders, I don't know what his name is again. Was, yeah, I, I was going to mention the reason why those guys were there, like especially when you mentioned they could have been boiled down to just one or two characters. Mm-hmm. It was obvious why they did that, and it was for kids. Yeah. Oh, a hundred percent. It's like yeah. that was the kind of comedy that kids would watch and then replay in their heads when they're at home. They like, would love it in school and stuff like that, you know. And so to like, sell merchandise. Sell merch, exactly. Mm-hmm. Merch as well. So yeah, that's the worst part about those side characters. I don't remember their names. I know. <laughs> I, I mean, that's really the, the indication, right? Yeah. We watched this movie well, see, like thirty minutes ago. <laughs> I don't remember that. My names. thing. My thing is, like, I feel like if they did do, say, like, a live action of this for, like, and, you know, honestly, with a live action, I feel like they could go, like, A14 with it if they really wanted to get in, like, very Viking-esque style. I'd say 16. Um, I'm trying to think. Go on. um, I feel like then they could get away with just having three, like, Astrid, Hiccup, and then one other character and, like, getting rid of all those other side characters. Mm -hmm. That would be a But good... in an anime, it's, or animated film, it's a little more, like they said, catering to kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, because, like, kids are, like, would make the bulk of the, like, audience, like, well, I mean, parents, but, like, kids would look at it and be like, I want to go watch it. Yeah. And just drag everyone along with them. I think that's, I, I, know, I won't say it irritates me, but they could have cut it out, and I, it wouldn't have impacted 
like the appeal to kids either, right? That's true. Because yeah. like Toothless is just so entertaining and compelling that every single kid is going to be focused on that black dragon, right? It's not oh, going to be the side character. Yeah. You know what? My niece is three, and she, so she would have been born what? Math. Twenty seventeen. She came out seven. She she came out. She was born <laughs> seven years after this movie came out, and she wants a toothless plushie. Yeah, that's well. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Yeah, right? yeah. And I know, um, like coming back to movies that you know you could kind of say similar to this. I don't know, uh, with the live action, right? I just think Lion King, <laughs> the live action. I'm like, I don't want Toothless to look like that. I don't think they're going to do that because Lion King live action was they're going for like some a realistic style. Yeah, yeah. while maintaining weird. Yeah. them talking, it's uncanny valley. That's yeah, the right. So like, See, I, this is where we talk about animation versus like the the scene where you know Hiccup smiles at Toothless and then Toothless kind of makes a weird, awkward smile yeah. back without teeth. You can't do that in a live. It'll just look weird live action. I mean, it looked so. weird in the animation. Yeah. yeah, that was the point. <laughs> it was funny. That was the point. It was like, yeah. oh, look at him. He's, He's trying. trying. Yeah. But you could you could adapt the bit, and I mean, not saying that you necessarily should, but what they could just do is that when Toothless smiles, you know, you see all of his like scary oh, okay, vendor so. dragon teeth, and yeah. it's not it's not played for comedy as much, and then you can have you know Hiccup respond, but like let's maybe work on right. that or let's mm-hmm. not do this right now, kind <laughs> of thing. You know, and it's just it changes the tone of the scene, but it's just it's taking the material and switching it to the medium then. I'm not necessarily arguing that there should be a live action adaptation, but there was yeah. frames of this that you could pull and you can just like see some, you know, visual effects team pulling off and you're like, this would look so cool as like right. a, a you know, in like a, a high budgeted like live action film. That initial like, sequence where like there's the Night Fury scream and then the tower explodes, mm-hmm. like that gives me goosebumps. That yeah. would look mm-hmm. so good in an actual live action movie. See, the scene Honestly, about was I'm sorry I'm climbing off there. <laughs> but I no, no, no I, I'll, I, I'll say after. This is a lot harder with just one person not here now. Yeah. <laughs> but this, the thing I'm thinking about Avatar 2009, right? Mm-hmm. The scenes of them flying through this air on like the back of those creatures. I don't remember the names, right? The not dragons. <laughs> the not dragons. But imagine Toothless and Hiccup, like that kind of scene, that budget. Like how amazing would that look, though? Yeah, mm-hmm. that would be mm-hmm. such a heavy budget, though. Yeah, give them like three hundred million. Yeah. Huh? <laughs> They'll make it. <laughs> so, no, oh, sorry. <laughs> I was just gonna comment, like you know the like Mike was saying about the uh, Night Fury scream and then the tower blowing up, how it gives you goosebumps. To me, that scene is very similar. That sound even is very similar to when I hear first time I saw the Predator movies and I heard the Predator sound or like. The, when the velociraptors were calling in the first Jurassic Park, it gave that mm-hmm. exact same effect. Mm-hmm. And in an animated movie. Like, that's hard to do. Yeah. Yeah, I agree with that, too. They really established that the Night Furies are dangerous, yeah. right? Yeah. <laughs> I think it's terrifying. That was um, even going back to when he's looking through, like, the, the book that has everything they know about dragons to date, right? Mm-hmm. And it's like everything is, you know, dangerous kill on sight, dangerous killer. See, that was a little cheesy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> but I think that was just I, I, also to reiterate the culture of the Vikings and how yeah. 
They, yeah, they and I, no room for like, let's try to understand this. They just like, just kill Well, it. see, and that's exactly it. And I can't like believe that there was no one in all of Viking history that wasn't like, I'm just going to go off, do my own thing and become like a dragon zoologist. Oh, Pat, I agree with it because believe it or not, there were, in, there were some areas of the world where twins upon a time were viewed as, you know, a demonic form of birth hey. because... You know, having two kids instead of one shows one of them as a demon or, you know, or something. Don't worry. And it I have... took missionaries to show up in the 1800s to be like, hey, it's normal to have twins. <laughs> so... Hey, don't worry. My best friend, he's redheaded and left-handed. If this was 1775, he yeah. would have been tried. And he would have been kissed by fire, all right. <laughs> So this is where, like, Hiccup being a member of the next generation is supposed to bring them out of the, you know, yeah. quote-unquote, dark age of ignorance, right? Mm-hmm. Um, um, there's one thing I want to say. You know how there's the book he's going through? I don't know if any of you guys remember it, because um, it might be a little bit more my age group as opposed to your age group. Um, but there was those anthologies of like dragons and like pirates and stuff like that that were around in our libraries as kids mm-hmm. i do not remember that whatsoever i've never seen it I okay i'll send about. you a, a, what's up i think i know what you're talking about yeah they're like the really they were really fancy cover hardcover books like gems in the corner and like a medallion of a dragon in the center or something like that right. yeah hmm. yeah Oh, yeah. Okay, so yeah. someone, one person knows what I'm talking about. Yeah. <laughs> See, the whole sequence with him going through the dragon book, <clears throat> uh, that kind of struck me as an instance where the story was telling, not showing, right? Because mm-hmm. oh, yeah, they've already demonstrated that the Vikings will attack a dragon and fight. To, like, they will do absolutely lunacy, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but then the Night Fury comes along and they scatter. So they've already established that. So I do think that particular scene with the book was not unnecessary but they could have reworked it a little bit mm-hmm. um they kind of played it on itself too when he sees like the data page on the night fury was empty there's nothing he, like, yes his, his own small little notebook there just to like add some information to it so yeah that was cool. um and then also i I don't know, this is maybe coming from a biologist perspective because of my background, but I love how they emphasize the, the first contact he has with Toothless, where he doesn't, he doesn't, what's the word I'm looking for? He doesn't enforce his presence on Toothless. He puts his arm out and he just waits, mm-hmm. and Toothless comes to him. And I thought that scene specifically was actually very, very important, just from like even comparing it to real life, right? Yeah, it shows uh, his character. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Um, you know, I've seen people even with, uh, I don't know, bearded dragons, or even a cat, for instance, where it's like, the cat doesn't want to be pet, but then people just grab it at you, and say, I'm going to pet you, you know, and like, that's not, like, that's not an equal relationship, you're Mm -hmm. forcing, you're forcing the animal to do what it doesn't want to do. Yeah, I was just like, I mean, if, if, you, if your cat knows you and you do that, that's fine. Like, I was going to say, the cat, only cat eating. you should be doing that to is your own cat. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. If, yeah. Like, or someone's dog, right? If it's someone else's dog and the dog runs away from you, they tell you, oh, my dog's skittish. You don't grab the dog and like, come here. <laughs> oh, my God. My biggest pet peeve is when people hug their dogs and the dog is very visibly does not like it. <laughs> Okay, I guess so. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I just thought that was cool. Um, 
unrelated to, I think my dad sent me this uh, weird video on like uh, just tourism that's going on in Africa right now during COVID. Um, and there are these two guys from Australia who were just on the African safari or whatever. Um, and then the, the uh, guy giving them the guide, the, well, the guide, was kind of like, oh, well, you know, th these are like two of our like, you know, nicest lions. Um, usually we don't pet them, but like, you know, they allow you to come like a little bit close. So this one of them, you know, puts, puts his hand on the lion, like, oh, you're going to take a picture of me, you know? And then the other one like holds the camera up and this lion just like tackles the guy touching it. And, just, oh. and then the guide and some of the other people around were forced to like shoot the lion, you know, in that situation because you have to act fast. Yeah. And this guy just has like a huge gash at the back, like going down his back from his shoulders. Jesus. And it's just like bleeding everywhere. And then, you know, I text my dad, I'm like, this is why you, you leave animals alone. <laughs> um, See, that's and, the thing is like, it's a wild animal. Why yeah. are you going to go up and touch it? Exactly. So that's like to equate like, you know, something that's not a lion, but toothless is a night fury to that kind of situation where you're just meeting yes. it for the first time. You don't but, go touching him. <laughs> but as we see, if you work hard enough and give the fish, you can turn it into your pet. <laughs> it's an animated movie. See, that's okay. <laughs> this is my only minor, like, I shouldn't even say minor. But this is where I have a, like, and I know it's a Disney movie, kids movie, but it's sometimes movies like this that it will get in the kid's head and then the parents reinforce that you can make anything at your pet as long as you're nice to it. And then that's how we end up with people getting their arms ripped off by yeah. a tiger that someone is keeping as a pet. Um, you gotta, you gotta respect the animal and you gotta respect that it is a wild animal. Yeah. And just, and we've talked about this before on a podcast, so I'm not going to get more into it. We get off topic a lot. Yeah. yeah but anyways, like bears are really nice. Bringing so. it back around. Back that's a minor movie. pet peeve, but that's such a minor little blip it that yeah. I'm just being mm -hmm. super nitpicky about. Yeah. And yeah. I'm gonna put Adam on the spot, and yeah. you got anything you want to say? As like likes or dislikes? Anything. Just general uh, commentary on the movie. movie. I got go some, to I got a laundry list. So. Well, for me, the one thing that I kind of could have done without, and I don't know what you do instead, but is sort of the final battle with, like, the bigger dragon. Yeah. Because, like, to me, it just kind of felt like... See, again, I'm going to reference another superhero movie. But, <laughs> Go for um, it. Uh, it. It felt like the end of the first Iron Man, where it's like, we have this world and these really solid two acts, and then for the third one, it's just, like, the third act, it's like... Well, now here's a bigger thing of the thing we've spent like the the, the first two acts developing. So it's like now it's just yeah. a bigger dragon, and I get it. It's meaner. It's basically enslaved all the other dragons. I got that, uh, but I was just like, you know, like I just wish it was something more. I don't know what that something more is because I liked all the emotional beats around it. I yeah. liked the reconciliation with him and his father, mm -hmm. and I liked seeing all the all the side characters match up with like the type of dragon they were because like as the, as he was as he was first interacting with the dragons i was like yo this is so reminiscent of all these like other friends and stuff i bet you the big thing is going to be that like they're going to beat each of these dragons and i was like oh never mind but like they still all like tamed the dragons and stuff so i was like i liked that i liked basically everything around it i just didn't like the bigger the dragon. Big dragon. Yes. it did feel kind of like uh well i guess we need something to it's put at the end yes. right yeah um, the cliche is the exact word, honestly. Um, I think that's the problem with like going back to the Marvel movies. Iron Man 2 
what does Iron Man fight at the end? More Iron Suits. <laughs> Iron Man 3, what, what do they have? Yeah. Iron Suits. What is Black Panther fighting? Black Panther. Black Panther. Panther. Yeah, and yeah. like... See, I'm just so glad, Adam, that you did not say Batman versus Superman. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. <laughs> Here comes the fight. Here comes oh boy. the fight. <laughs> oh, no. Let's get the popcorn. This will be oh, fun. Oh, my goodness. Let's, let's stay away from uh, let's call them charged topics because yeah. <laughs> um, th- that movie is hot polarizing. Take for the, <laughs> I say hot take for the podcast. Continue. I, I love the fact that most hot topics in the real world are like politics, religion. For us, it's Batman and Superman. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> I mean, we did do a really hot topic last week, but <laughs> <laughs> wait, have you seen the Dead Don't Die? Don't do it. No, not worth it. Not worth it. Not worth it? No. Okay. You're, you're a film student. You're not going to want to watch it. <laughs> sidebar. Last Trash. week, I was actually... <laughs> sidebar. Last week, I was actually supposed to do a sh- uh, shout-out to a friend, which I'm going to have to do at the end of this podcast, because I didn't get to do it last week, because we just cut the episode. <laughs> That's how bad it was. Oh, we just gave God. up recording. We it's just, sad. like, kept going home. Is The Dead Don't Die, is that that new horror movie that's like the sequel to like The Devil's Rejects and House of a Thousand Corpses? Or am I thinking no. it's entirely no. different? This is okay. entirely independent. It's a parody. Oh. Uh, it's oh, a movie it's... that probably put its studio out of work. For no, we established that the studio makes actually good oh, movies. Right. Well, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> the movie was trying to intentionally be bad, but it failed at it. Oh. So it was just bad. Yeah. Um, it was trash even for like B-level zombie drive-in movie uh-huh. genre. Like, if you were to construct a story where plot threads deliberately don't go anywhere, that's the kind of it's movie. It's frustrating to watch. <laughs> <Interesting>. <laughs> yeah. Okay, I, I pulled that movie solely on the entertaining basis of listening to these guys shit on it for an hour and a half. <laughs> I was so mad. I do this movie. Yes, I, do, I did have, so like, even on my piece of paper here, I had so many uh, plot points that I loved with this film, but the two criticisms were obviously the big bad, it's right here, uh, where I said the dragon's nest of them having a queen was like a little bit too cliche. Um, I would have liked it if maybe, I don't know, I, I, just a suggestion, I might be wrong, but maybe if there was some kind of weird way where it's like, oh, you can tame the dragons, they can be nice to you, but like, it's also very inconsistent, maybe some species are more aggressive than others, or... If they really kind of almost the... sorry what was that i was gonna say kind of almost like how they did it with like harry potter where you have certain species that you can work with yeah, whereas there's exactly. other species that because you're like i'm not getting near this because exactly. it'll beat me yes and if they replaced that with a big huge you know if they just made one maybe maybe a second knife well i guess the, yeah maybe a second knife fury that just didn't want to have it with anyone yeah. or something and yeah. that's the bad I wonder where know? that happened yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder where that happened I don't know she well, was a light fury <laughs> so but that's a never, that's a different movie yeah. I, I, I'm going to spitball off that point here for a minute and say what I think would have worked best is that whole final confrontation with the nightmare or not final but that confrontation with the nightmare was tied into sort of like the emotional beats with his yeah. father mm-hmm. and being a viking or not being a viking right so I feel like if they'd set up something where he was actively preventing the village from suffering as much with his like newfound uh, nuts, his skills, right? right. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And then 
he actually had to flee after that incident. That'd be like your darkest hour moment. Right. And then mm -hmm. things get bad when he goes and they realize, oh, yeah. wait a minute, he's been helping us. Like, I feel like that would have been tied a little bit better in. I, it sounds cliche now that I say it out loud, too. Because it is yeah. cliche. It's, it's done in another movie. Yeah. Like it's, 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 it's hard to just... Yeah. And this movie yeah. is already so... The, I don't want to say formulaic because it's executed damn near perfectly for the first two halves, but it does follow those beats very closely, right? Well, the thing that's unfortunate with it divulging to there's just this bigger dragon is that, like, his dad's whole philosophy is all about just using basically brute force to stop everything. Yeah. And, and uh, Hiccup uses his heart and his head to do everything. And, like, while there is strategy in it, it, it amounts to, to me as a first-time viewer, maybe I'll get something more of it if I watch it a second time, but it was just like, oh, we have to just go and kill this dragon. Right. Mm -hmm. Which is, uh, like, the method, he, like, the... the he the used his father's methods. Yeah. Which I'm like, yeah. I don't... My, yeah, I don't so like, like that. He, for Hiccup to be validated as a Viking, because I was saying, another Viking, another Viking, because yeah. you did kill a dragon... He killed the dragon in the end. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So now it's just See, validation. So it's like, it do you question it. the culture? Because clearly the culture wasn't working for Hiccup, right? Yeah. Does that make him less of a Viking? Mm -hmm. Or because he's done this and quote unquote fit into the, now, the social norms of that culture, right. is he not a Viking? And I like that you brought that up because that just made me think of something. Hiccup hesitated to kill dragons. In like the first two, yeah, but then he killed the big one very easily. <laughs> very easily. See, I think it comes down to like they he knows that he won't be able to like help these creatures unless mm -hmm. he gets rid of their queen, kind of thing. And like this whole thing, like uh, where like he resorts to his dad's methods, it kind of brings up like there is a little bit of undertone of like the whole toxic masculinity, like cultural norm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Kind of, but honestly, I think the movie handles it fairly well, even though at the end of the movie it kind of falls into like I'm just gonna do what I need to do and do mm -hmm. this thing that's expected of me to become a Viking and be like exactly what my father wants me to be, but right. magically have this good result come out at the end of it. Mm -hmm. Well, and part of the sort of Joseph Campbell monomyth that every story is based off of is that they have to return to the same point in the story they were at the beginning, but having uh, completely, you know, changed as a person throughout. So I don't think you could just have it be that, like, he completely abolishes the Viking culture, because I don't, right. I don't necessarily I don't think, think that's emotionally happen, satisfying. Yeah. No. But I think it's, it's weird that he somehow validates the, the Viking culture that he was so, like, kind of against yeah. and rebelling. It's not that he was against, it's more like the culture was against him. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And, like... Especially, like, when he says, like, what do you mean, you just gestured to all of me. Yeah. 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 It's like, you don't fit in. It's that yeah. classic statement that... I'm sorry, Sam, I'm putting you under the stitch. You, you guys do that to me But, like, the time when people are like, Sam, you're not African enough. Yeah. yeah. That, like, that's, like, that's that, that statement. It's like, because you don't fit the norms of Africa, you're not African, which is kind of a very, sorry white people in the room, and <laughs> I'm sorry you guys can't comment on this, but like Africa is huge, no. like the different African norms and cultures, right? Mm -hmm. So like saying you're not African enough is, it, it just, it's just designed to hurt you. Yes. There's no um, I can comment it. on it from a different perspective. I can comment, comment on it from the perspective of, oh, you're not feminine enough. Or you're not girly enough. Yeah. Yeah, I, I kind of thing. I was gonna say this is why I think me personally I identified more with Hiccup. Um, because 
again, I do come from a background or a family rather where even till today, I'm still looked at as we need you to carry on with something like this and something like that, but you're not African. You, you don't have the culture of an African. You're, you're never going to fit in, you know? And honestly, just watching this film, I'm looking at Hiccup as me and I'm looking at Stoic as my dad and like, it's straight up like a mirror for me watching this film. Um, and then let's just say Toothless is white people. But <laughs> <laughs> okay. uh, can I just bring up the dragon thing as well? Yeah. I now we really do have a big problem with the big bad guy being just a bigger dragon. And it's just to be the bigger dragon. So I'm like, oh, look, the dragons weren't so bad after all. It's like you're shifting all the blame onto this one entity. Mm-hmm. And this one entity mm-hmm. is the reason why everything went wrong for you. Yeah. Which, like, in the real world, that's not usually the no. case. No. It does simplify a slightly more complex story. Yeah. Um, again, for children. Again, for children. children. <laughs> yeah. And that, uh, that was probably considered while designing the movie, honestly, but right? But then, can we keep using that as an excuse? Oh, it's just for children, you know? Huh? Like, eventually we're going to have to stop doing that. Because mm-hmm. mm-hmm. it's like, oh, it's just for children. They can never understand these complicated topics. Let's say that's why the jo- the generation after us is just... A bunch of idiots. <laughs> Anyways, <laughs> but like like so many kids' favorite movies is you know Star Wars, and those are thematically rich movies and yeah. don't mm-hmm. hold the the audience's hand and stuff like that. You know, like mm-hmm. the first time I watched Star Wars, I think I was two, two and a half, and I just absolutely loved it. And like, you know, I didn't get all the like nuances and the, the yeah. more cultural things, but I was like, I got the story. I didn't need it explained to me. So I think people dismiss uh, children uh, as as sort of not being able to sort of comprehend the, the sort of structural integrity right? or not, not structural integrity, like a thematic integrity of a film. But I think they get it sometimes better than adults do. Yes. Yeah. And I will say, I think it's because they have a better imagination mm-hmm. yeah. than adults do. And like, that's, I think a big, big thing with kids is like, because by time you're our ages in our mid twenties, um, we're so mold. I don't want to say molded by society because then that sounds so just not, that's not what I'm going to say, but like (laughs) we have been so educated and like taught to think a certain way. Mm -hmm. Whereas kids, their brains are so new and it's like, everything is new, exciting. And like a a kid that's like two, three years old can make up a whole story with a set of keys. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. Um, and to right, it's because it's imagination. Yeah, to even draw your point to how we kind of think kids can't like critically assess a film or whatever. I remember seeing the Frozen Two movie um, with my little cousins, and we had this other kid in the back who sees uh, the scene where El- yeah, it was Elsa. Elsa straight up should have died uh, because she was frozen, and well, actually frozen, um, <laughs> and all of that. And then all of a sudden, some. Um, Deus Ex Machina happens and then, you know, magic and everything's back to normal. And then this kid behind me is like, how did that happen? You know, and I was like, thank you. <laughs> you know what? <laughs> Frozen 2 is probably not as fun as Frozen 1, but yeah. I like that Frozen 2 kind of makes you challenge what's right and wrong. Yes, it does. That's so like, in the movie. Yeah. Oh, now I'm going to go into yeah. super deep spoilers. But in Frozen 2, the bad guy is not who you truly expect it to be. Mm-hmm. And I like the fact that it didn't challenge you. Because it could have gone the simple way. It's like A, B, C. Mm-hmm. Instead it was like A, B, but Maybe. that's what you my, taught. Yeah. Mm-hmm. My biggest thing with Frozen 2 is what they did to Olaf. But we're not getting into that. 
I guess I'll have to watch that movie. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Um, Back but, to Training Dragons. Yes, but yeah. Um, again, the father-son relationship part that I have written down here um, really got huge into... We'll, we will do into the Spider-Verse eventually. So really, when we're watching that, like again, you guys will probably notice what I was talking about, where Hiccup and his dad... Similar to even the God of War video games, you guys have seen it. Similar structure again, too, where yep. you have this very masculine father that expects the same kind of gruffness from his son, but the son's just a timid little guy who looks at the world in a different light. Yeah. Should I tell you the truth? I didn't like the kid in Hunt Club. I thought it was annoying little, but... Well, now you know how his dad felt. Uh, <laughs> I actually didn't enjoy that dynamic as much as I think you guys did. Mm. I didn't um, enjoy it. I thought it was... It, it felt a little... I don't want to say lazy, but it, I felt like they mishandled it um, because, like, a super masculine father and then, like, the wimpy little kid wouldn't interact like that, right? I feel like that was more too... It, it gave me, like, teenage teenagers who are who like each other but are awkward around each other vibes more than it gave me really it more than it gave me like father who's pressuring his son to be a man kind but of vibes right here's the um, thing. when i was playing the game i didn't think it was father trying to pressure his son to be a man i felt like because why are you going so off topic with this movie <laughs> i was so confused what we were talking about <laughs> yeah, I, like, I thought we were still talking about the movie i am i am yeah, i'm, I was kinda, I'm, kinda, I, I'm talking like, what oh, you're talking about the movie? i'm talking about the movie i oh did God, like yeah, that sequence where he's giving his his uh, or giving Hiccup his mother's help, help. breastplate or whatever. I, I did not like that. that sequence whatsoever. Really? That Honestly, awkward. that sequence okay, could have been cut. With that sequence, though, me watching it, I felt so connected to it because that's literally, well, in the past has sort of been my relationships with my mm. parents, where it's like, but yeah, we yeah. have no, like there's nothing that, in common. That is like now we have something to talk about now that. See? Now that you're a real and, Viking. Know, I, I felt that, and I was like, that's literally my relationship sometimes. It's like, we have zero things in common. Nothing, like, we're sitting down across the table from each other, having dinner. There's literally zero things to talk mm -hmm. about. Yeah. You know? See, I think that's I that. everyone's relationship with their parents at some point. Mm. I mean, especially, like, I don't know what, like, everyone's, what sibling situation you guys all have. Um like if anyone has an, has a brother if there are two boys or two girls or a boy and a girl in a family mm. but when you're coming out of a situation or if you're a single child when you're coming out of a situation where you have two kids of the same sex and you are the younger one you experience so much pressure from your parents whether they say they are doing it or not and from your older sibling of the same sex because you're the youngest one, right? And you'll have that exact same relationship that Hiccup has with his father. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I can see that. But I think it all, it like ultimately depends because you could still tell Stoic as a father still loved his son. He still, yeah. wanted, he wanted his son to be a great Viking. You know, yeah. He tried to raise him to be the next chieftain. You know, all of that type. Of I think we can try. I can defend Stoic's uh, how he is in this movie because mm -hmm. Stoic also has to fit into the general mode of what is a real Viking. Exactly. He has to play the perform the role of being the chief of the Viking tribe. He has to protect his people. He has to be a strong leader. He has to be the Viking masculine man. Mm -hmm. Right? So for him, he's looking at it probably it's like if something was to happen to me, Hiccup, Hiccup has to be the mind. next yeah. yeah. Like and, there's chief, also and he has the to play that role, role. as well. 
there's also the role of like we don't know where hiccup's mom is at this point as far as we know she's dead Mm -hmm. right so it's kind of the also the aspect of like not like for the where in time sorry my brain is not working right now where in the era this would have occurred men didn't always have hands-on experience with raising the kids it was always the woman's job right so now he has to raise his son like he probably has no idea what he's doing that's true but it ne- it wasn't really established in the movie that way mm-hmm. so like I, I understand your point but i think that's kind of a non-factor within the story um yeah i think yeah what my complaint was it was just how they shared absolutely nothing in common in that sequence. They had absolutely zero things to connect over whatsoever. I guess I just didn't buy that, right? right. I, I honestly, to me, it, that scene could have been cut. Yeah, I was looking at it going, well, you would have something. The, the interaction wouldn't be that stilted, which it very mm-hmm. clearly was designed to be. So, people, well, so and that's, yeah, and that's a bit of a personal decision mm-hmm. uh, in terms of the writing. If I was doing it, I would have made it less stilted. But, um... That's fair. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, again, the way it ended, I wasn't a huge fan of it, but, like, with the whole big fat dying or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, but the I the end result of it, I liked. If they would have gone about it a different way, maybe that would have worked in the sense that Hiccup kind of blends this world between him being himself and him still being a Viking. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Because then it's like, He's just showing I'm just a different kind of Viking. Yeah. So I like that end product. I would have just liked us to get there a little bit differently. Get there in a different way. Yeah. Get there in a way that doesn't use the big bad evil. Yeah, exactly. Because like in real life, there's no big bad evil. No. It's it's called the 1%. (laughs) (laughs) This has become a Joker review. (laughs) Um, Honestly, we should do that movie too. <laughs> Go on, um, what is everyone's opinion on the whole Astrid hiccup situation? Yeah, like I, not as if none of the point. other two movies exist. Okay, so I'm gonna jump into this first. Um, when I initially watched this, my brother and I shared the same opinion. Brother, my brother hated Astrid as a character, right? Yeah. Um, he called her a gold digger. <laughs> it's like, it's like, what? What's, like, yeah. it's like, she absolutely hates Hiccup until she finds out that he has something cool yeah. and then goes for him, right? But, um, re- and I kind of had that opinion until I just watched it again. Now I think her character is a bit more nuanced than I originally thought, yeah. where she is very clearly going, we need to be responsible, we need to step up, and she perceives Hiccup as a fool, who does not take things seriously, right? And when Mm -hmm. she realizes that he does take things seriously, and he is trying to do his best, uh, her perception of him completely changes, and they become friends, right? Um, Where the movie failed was illustrating that Astrid had contempt for him because she thought he wasn't trying. Um, It didn't it, like, it was there, but I think they needed to be a bit more heavy-handed with it because it was certainly lost on me in 2010 and even more recently until I was really looking at it, right? Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. that's kind of my take on the Astrid Hiccup thing. I think I'll go last because I can defend Astrid's opinion. Everyone else hate on Astrid real quick. <laughs> I, I uh, didn't necessarily hate her. I was just like, 
this is probably my least favorite character in this movie. As I was, as I was watching it, until you get to the scene where she goes on the ride with Hiccup, and then I was like, oh, okay, well, now this is, right. now this is tolerable. But I was like, man, like, but I, because I did pick up on the thing that I was like, she just hates him because he's not good, was basically how I was perceiving yeah. it. Okay, but and, when, when I saw it, all that happened, as soon as they were on Hiccup, to, oh, sorry, on Toothless together, in my head, I'm, all, I'm already like, a whole new world. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, it's, it's, that I'm is like, the whole new world oh of this Oh my god, it was so... Totally. <laughs> getting on Toothless was like, is like the equivalent of getting on the back of a guy's motorcycle. Oh yeah. my goodness. Yeah. It was... So, I don't know. In my opinion, with Astrid, I, I can see the value in her being there, but I feel like with, you can't appreciate her character with this one movie alone. No. You'd probably have to watch all three before you're like, huh, Astrid is important to the plot. Well, it, um, oh, sorry. Yeah. I was going to say, it cheapens her by having her be a love interest. Yeah. Yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. That's, exactly. that's actually a good point. Because it was not done well in this movie. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I would have preferred if think... it was just establishing they had a connection, but not really going, yeah. like, kissing him all the time or something like, like that. Like, because you keep bringing up Spider-Verse, like, like what's going on With, between Gwen and, and Miles. Yes, exactly. Like, that's, no romantic interest exactly. whatsoever. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. So that's kind See, of what I would have wanted. All right, Pam. Um, I don't I don't hate Astrid I mean I do have a little minor thing of like I find sometimes she's trying too hard <laughs> but um, my biggest thing is like you said the whole love interest thing cheapens her mm-hmm. um, I personally would have preferred to see like an evolution of her character of like how over the three movies they did but whereas in the beginning, she doesn't like Hiccup because he's this weird, nerdy guy who sucks at everything. And then slowly she gets to know him and then realize, like, oh, he's actually not bad and become friends. I wouldn't have had introduced her as a love interest in this movie, per se. I would have maybe saved that for midway through movie number two, which mm-hmm. I can't remember number two. But, like, and it's just, think of it as, like, a cheesy teen high school movie where you get the popular girl and the nerdy guy yeah, right yeah, yep. yeah. that's kind of what this five. is playing at and that's what bothers me a little bit in the movie mm-hmm. um and i would have just preferred to have seen their friendship grow and blossom into something really nice and just be really good friends by the end of the movie mm-hmm. okay. and let's not forget she was also like she wasn't just um condescending i would use that word to hiccup she was condescending to mm-hmm. everyone like yeah. she's not like Right. She basically just felt she was above everyone, everyone else. Mm-hmm. That's what I mean by she's trying too hard. Yes, and I was going to exactly. say it's because she's the only girl in the film, but there's also Rough Nut. Yeah. Or, yeah. yeah. One of the I, two. One of the two. <laughs> all right. That's Rough also Nut or Tough Nut, one of them. But yeah. I guess so that's not the point. I can now defend Asterix. I don't think that she'll be in love interest in this movie done like that. It was not done that well. But I think Asterix it, is a, a D. Hmm? Astrid. Oh, Astrid. Astrid. I don't know if I'm saying Astrid. Actually, it's not an Astrid. Yeah. Okay, Astrid. Astrid is the perfect mirror to Hiccup. Because while Hiccup represents everything that a Viking shouldn't be, Astrid is everything that a Viking should be. Mm. So for her in this movie, she's performing that role throughout the movie. So from her until she rides on um, Two Flesses Back, she's performing the role of the perfect Viking. She is training to kill dragons. She has to be rough, tough. She has to be strong, right? Mm-hmm. So her seeing Hiccup not embodying this role, who's the chief's son, rubs her the and wrong way. Annoys her. Yeah, annoys her. That's why that. she's condescending towards I him, right? So like that moment on Hiccup's back when they're flying and everything's like perfect, that whole new world 
thing, right? That's Astrid no longer playing the role of she's the perfect the Viking. Of it. Yeah. 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 She's no longer having to be perfect Viking anymore, right? Mm-hmm. Not just like saying like, oh, how being concerning, all that stuff is okay, but like that's probably why she came off like that. Yeah, that's, that's an interesting but aspect. so it could have been, uh, her art could have been more of like an interesting uh, sort of like, like, like a glass ceiling metaphor mm-hmm. where it's like, I have to work twice as hard to get where you are. You are literally the son, you are the son. Of, of our ruler and yeah. you are just awful at it, but yeah. you're still going to get farther than me. So it yeah, could yeah. even just be yeah. that. That could have been a good angle to play, actually. And instead of making them like a romantic thing, uh, because like this, this whole just like like it, like uh, Pam said, it just kind of comes off as this like high school like, man, I always wanted to date like the the really cool like punk rock girl when I was in high school, and like I never got to. Let's write that into the movie kind of yeah. thing. Where yeah. it's, like, That's exactly what it feels like. And I would like you would have said would have rather had the glass ceiling metaphor and had them be friends as opposed to right. And it's in that this earlier on too, because you know he's kind of like. If I take down a nightmare, that's sure to get me a date for sure. You know, yeah. it's like, Night Fury. Yeah. Uh, no. Well, no, that was before like the. Nightmare. That was like number two dragon. The number whichever one was. No, like know. the second mm. dragon he talked about. Yeah, that's. One would get him noticed. One would get him girlfriend. One yeah. would, and it goes up from there. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. So it's just kind of like him, just you know, saying all those things. It just, it feeds into Astrid, mm-hmm. and that later on with the audience thinking, oh, she probably likes him now because. The because ultimate goal this, is yeah. to tame or conquer a Night Fury, and he's done that. So, you know, like, not looking at it too in de- from the surface, that it looks like she, like, what Alex said, she's a little bigger. Yeah, Astrid, it appears like that. It does. Yeah. Yeah. Astrid in this See? movie has become the big titty golf girlfriend. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. You guys knew I was going to bring that up. It's been a long time since I said that. But she is. She is that perfect girl. That Especially like, if you do something, you get her. Yeah, apparently. I was gonna say it's like look at how they introduced her is when she's like throws the water on there's the the building yeah. and there's the like, explosion, the Michael <laughs> Bay moment to the movie. Yeah, and yeah. and he's just like an Astrid, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. Like you could you could swap out the soundtrack there and put in like pour some sugar on me and you'd yeah. be like, <laughs> <laughs> <Careless> whisper. <laughs> oh my goodness. No, I thought I thought yeah. So she, she they could have done some level of work on her. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing I wanted to talk about was the oh right. I guess we did we breeze through that, but the comic relief in this film. <laughs> uh, yeah. Rough nuts and rough nut and tough nut. <laughs> because okay, I know like you guys say you don't like them. I am. I found that whenever like things got serious or like you know you're. They were they were kind of like your your Ant Man or your uh, your Green Lantern in the DC movies that haven't sucked or you know where like they're not really that important but like you know they they kind of felt like those friends you'd have during important moments in your life who can fend for themselves yeah okay. you know so but then they'll still come about and make <laughs> jokes about it you know like if you know I I would say this back you know like four or five years ago after I had my, like, first real breakup, right? And, you know, my cousins are just going, like, oh, you owe me 20 bucks. And then the other one's, like, yeah, I called it. They were going to break up. Yeah, and they, It was basically gambling. To, and I'm not going to say that's a good thing for everyone else, but to me, that kind of made me feel better because it's, like, these two were just straight up gambling off my mis- <laughs> misfortunes. See, you know, I, I didn't... I'm not saying I didn't like Rough Nut and Tough Nut. I found them entertaining, and mm. they are... Like, it, they are, it's a relatable character. I just didn't think they were necessarily needed because you do have a lot of comedy elements from the other characters. Right, um, right. 
and I'm not gonna lie to Sam when you're like oh when I first had my first real bre- breakup like four or five years ago I was like wow you guys started dating young <laughs> and I was like oh wait you guys are like five years younger than me <laughs> <laughs> that's not wait no I think it's only Sam that's five years younger than you yeah <laughs> um but no yeah and then well I mean I did get into university at 15 let's not forget that Ooh, um, showing up. I'm not showing up. I'm just Ooh, saying. Look uh, at you. You think you're special or something? I mean, it's impressive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But anyways, that's not the point. The point is, <laughs> if you haven't noticed, Sam is the one that gets ripped on probably the most. Yes. On the podcast. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, he makes it easy for himself sometimes. Um, but point being, right? You still have that sense of. I don't know, I guess we're not really referencing the other movies, but you still have some scenes where, you know, uh, Tough Nuts kind of going, you know, come hiccup crying to my firm man. My full beard. beard. Uh, or, or just like, I, I don't know. Those characters, like, I can see they're not necessary, but they're kind of like the salt and pepper you add a little bit to your food, right? It's like, mm-hmm. not, it's not really, the food's okay the way it is, but you just add that, just, you know, just think, let's just add something to it. But um, then, Sam, you were saying the people you have in your life that makes things better you mean all of us <laughs> but then to your point like they, they if they if they are like the salt and pepper as you put it then it becomes that thing where it's like to some people they're seasoned in perfectly to, to others yeah, it's, it's like, like yeah, yeah, yeah i'm, I'm on your side i honestly didn't mind them and maybe it's again because i've only seen the movie once maybe if i watch it like you know, five, ten, fifteen, twenty times. I'll start to be like, "Oh my God, these, yeah. these guys!" Two, yeah. Like, who put rough nut and tough nut in there? But, uh... Well, and you'll definitely notice that. Like, I don't know if you have, you probably haven't seen number three, but like by time number three rolls around, on, like I didn't mind oh tough nut, but number but rough nut was really starting to yeah, irritate great. me. Oh and I mean, God. that's the point of her character. But I was ready to just She's like, oh, just to shut be her up. Character, yeah, um, because I do know the the one scene where they're doing the dragon training and then the both of them are fighting over one shield when there's so many of the yeah. shields around. Mm-hmm. I thought that just showed the incompetence of both of them. And I thought that was funny. Yeah. Um, but it would have helped if, like, honestly, there's no need even putting any character development into that. I'm just, I mean, I, th- I get your point in there, but at the same time, I think that's why I actively, well, I don't want to say dislike the characters, but think they should have been cut because to me they weren't characters at all right they They were were, they were they were an object put in the movie for a gag only right Um, so if they had crushed that down to two people like if it was there's only rough nut and tough nut and they got rid of the jock and fish legs Mm -hmm. and one of them was the jock and one of them was fish legs and they were siblings but they or whatever and they filled those roles then they would have a little bit more distinct personality Mm -hmm. while still having that comic relief element and you could really bounce those two off each other right well and i mean like other than hiccup and stoic and i can't even say astrid are there really any character development in any of those four well, there's not character development, but there is or distinct like, character, and yeah. I would give yeah. I would say Gobber has Gobber, yeah, distinct like character. Gobber, sorry. Um, yeah. He had uncle like wise yeah. uncle vibes, like yeah. he just had that mm-hmm. whole you know. But like, like they I, did like he he was kind of the mediator between Hiccup and Stoic. Yeah. Where he's but just like what you're to, saying. Yeah. Go on, Pam. But they're saying how like rough nut and tough nut like they didn't really have anything much to offer like they should have combined two other characters into them and bounce them off each other a little bit better. But I mean like other like I find at least fish legs, the other one the jock and rough nut and tough nut, 
um, they're very one-dimensional to me. Mm-hmm. Like that's, I guess that's what I'm trying to say. I'm not doing a very good job of it. But... Yeah, I, I agree with you. Well, because they don't go through like a character evolution, but more so just like a character validation. Like at the yeah. end of the film, yeah. they're all just validated yeah. for being who they are. Which yeah. like, if the overall arc is that, you know, uh, Hiccup is realizing that like the only way to do it is to just be who he is, mm-hmm. then it's like that totally works. And I think that's fine. But then I think that really ruins Astrid even more then because if if the whole film is about everyone discovering who they are, she's discovering that she's Hiccup's girlfriend. Yeah. yeah. And like, yeah. I think that, yeah. that yeah. really because as we don't see what who Astrid is. Mm-hmm. We see mm-hmm. who Astrid can perform as. Yeah. But we she don't is. see who she is. She who he is mm-hmm. who she is relative to Hiccup. Yeah. 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 Um so and because I just like brainstorming this now, if we were to like say combine those four characters into two instead, you would have like sort of the jock and then you would have the yeah. nerd, so to speak. Yeah. Um and those I, I lost and where I was going with this. They could still be yeah. the comic relief, um mm-hmm. but they would then you could have like the jock learning to oh maybe okay, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I do need to listen to Hiccup a little bit. And then yeah. you could have the the guy who has all the dragon knowledge in his head going oh wow i only know a little bit mm-hmm. compared to what i thought i did right, I did, right. yeah so there's maybe i can get a little maybe i, I can be a little bit more aggressive right or you yeah. can you can have a bit where it's you know the 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 two brothers the nerdier one that kind of knows everything about it it's like he's shown to like say there's a point where they have to fight one of the dragons and he just absolutely like wipes the floor of it because he studied it so much yeah. and then he gets validated from his brother being like damn that was awesome how'd exactly. you do that and he's like i did my homework and it's like and nice. with less characters on screen we would have more time to give them the attention they need yeah. right? right so yeah. it, it's like the rule of go deeper instead of wider yeah. right yeah. Yeah. so and, he was just well, and i see like with you guys saying about like astrid like if they were finding out who they were and astrid basically finds out oh she's hiccup's girlfriend mm-hmm. i think that that whole concept just irritates me a little bit because then it brings in the concept of like you aren't complete um, a female is not complete unless she has a man mm-hmm. yeah. right and that's like again pet peeve and yeah. i don't think that's personally they, cool I mean, to put in a movie they no. fix that later in the next one we're not talking then, about the next one but what so. if the next one never happened yeah that's the, that's mm-hmm. the issue right yeah like at the end of the day it, as i've said before it doesn't matter where the source material is from right or if it's a sequel you find out and all that stuff you're right. judging like yeah, this exactly. as one exactly. movie yeah. mm-hmm. they so, have to be able to stand on their own mm-hmm. yeah. yeah so this one movie is done Astrid wrong by doing that then we've really criticized this movie yeah well, movie well, we I, mean, all I was, I was <laughs> gonna say because now it's making me think to other movies where you have supporting characters and now I'm oh, yeah. like the Lion King with like Timon and Pumbaa yeah. like yeah. were they necessary you know like I'm just but it's 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 less uh, especially the Astrid thing with it um, ruining her as a character it's less something that these filmmakers did but it, it speaks to the more systemic issue of just the writing of Hollywood movies exactly because right. mm-hmm. And it's it. easy. It's very yes. easy to fall into what they did with Astrid. Mm-hmm. That is just, you're putting words on the paper. It's like, okay, I have, it just fits, right? It's simple. Right. Yeah. It makes sense. Like, you, we watch this movie, it's this, 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 this. Oh, it's great. We love it, right? Mm-hmm. And then we come along being like, hey, what about this? And you're like, yeah, 
that's kind of a problem. <laughs> well, because in some ways, mm-hmm. it's it's the perfect movie. It's a coming-of-age story. There's, you know, cool adventure, cute cu- uh, characters, memorable moments. There's a love story in it. Like, everything ties together. It's just when you look at it uh, in a wider sort of uh, genre and a wider sort of industry, it's like, well, all these all these trends start kind of, you know, because it, there's nothing that says Hiccup has to be a boy. You know, maybe this could have been Astrid's movie and yeah. that, you know, mm-hmm. Astrid is in is is looked down upon because she's the daughter of you know the leader of the group and then you know and so there's you know you could just do so many different things that the film kind of while i think its structure is uh one of its greatest strengths it also can if you attack it can become its its, its yeah yeah it does that it does fall into the tropes even though it executes on its structure phenomenally well yeah exactly See, like, if we weren't dissecting it, you wouldn't notice it, right? No, exactly. I think the best way to put it is, like, this, this movie doesn't do anything new. There's nothing in this movie that we've right. never yeah. seen before. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But everything it does, it did well. We, it just it executes was... everything properly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. And See, like... you know... Go on. I, I wasn't sure, Uchi, you, said, you sound like you're going to continue. No, no, I was waiting for you to say something. Oh, I was going to say, see, I come into these podcasts like enjoying a movie, and now I'm going to go back and never be able to watch this movie again the same. Man, I'm sorry. This is what a friendship with me yeah. will do to all of you. Yeah. <laughs> Adam's going to dissect the movie. I'm going to tell about all the social and economic political things that's wrong with the movie. Mm-hmm. Being like, hey, why do they have to perform this role? That's kind of messed up, all that stuff. Well, yeah, right? So the, there's all that, too. Um, the question that I actually had for you guys when I said I have a very, very great question to ask is how would you have felt about this movie if Hiccup and Toothless died at the end? Just straight up got killed. Okay, so Toothless dying wouldn't have worked. Um, you no. could have executed a Hiccup death. Mm-hmm. You 100% could have done that. Um, you would have needed to make Astrid a more autonomous character mm-hmm. and having her step into his shoes I think would have been a great arc. Mm. Yeah, I was going to say that's how I would have done it yeah. if that's the way they were going to go. Yeah. And, then and like, I never would have gone dark because like, would Stoic would have straight up killed himself. No. I don't think Stoic would have killed himself. Because if, if Hiccup dies, then you have Stoic now questioning all these ideologies of what makes a Viking man. Mm-hmm. Right? Because then you start questioning yeah, all this stuff. He's also lost his He's son. lost his son, right? <laughs> yeah. Because... And, Keep in mind, before that, his last words to him were, you know, you, you're not my son. No, yeah. actually, no, 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 that's not his last words. His last words were, I'm sorry. Okay, I'm sorry. Okay, you're right. Okay, so, okay, so that's fixed. That's fine. Yeah. Yeah. If, if he didn't say that, that would have gone horribly Oof. wrong. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> that question, though, is like, if they died, if Hiccup died at the end, would we be satisfied? Well, I'm, just, I'm just coming to see if like they both I, just died in the fire, both Hiccup and Toothless. No, I, I, that would have been tremendously unsatisfying. Yeah. 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 Um, but that said, I am kind of a sucker for bittersweet endings. Mm-hmm. I really like it when movies don't shy away from the consequences, or just media in general, of actions, right? Mm-hmm. And while it wouldn't, it wouldn't have suited this movie, mm-hmm. because that tone wasn't established, established it wasn't yeah. established that mortality was a thing. Right, yeah. um, but it, if you had set that up earlier in the movie, you definitely could have pulled it off. Yeah. Maybe I they see. Like, dive or dive more into like, I don't know. I I, I don't want to say flashbacks. I hate flashbacks in films, but like maybe if they showed like his mother dying or something. Mm. 
by like mm. fire mm. or I don't know something no. stupid like no. that then maybe if he died in the same fire the dad would have been oh this is all my fault you know I've lost both of them <laughs> see <laughs> I mean you're just swapping one cliche for another yeah, cliche. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay let's point another problem we have now with like say Hiccup dying then it kind of validates that dragons are evil yes Mm-hmm. Um, oh, oh, and that brings true. us all back circle to killing dragons. It's the big bad, and the, he would die in the big bad fight, obviously, right? Yeah. right. Um, falling to his death. Um, no, it, I mean, if you want to establish characters could die, I'm, I'm going right. back now, if you have the rough nut, tough nut reworked characters, uh, you like have one of them die halfway through the movie, <laughs> that, would, <laughs> that would be very impactful. Yeah. Um, because yeah. they would be a little bit more one-dimensional or two-dimensional, and then you can still get away with killing them halfway through. Right. Um, and the audience would feel that, mm-hmm. right? I, so, I was going to say, like... Oh, my God. Oh, yeah, right. I was going to say in regards to, you know, with him dying at the end or not, right? You still have the case of Stoic being the one who moved everyone to the nest to go mm-hmm. antagonize everyone. So I'm just saying, in that kind of situation... He for sure one hundred percent will still blame himself. Because, oh yeah, like you know, it, I don't know. I'm just trying to think of it from that I don't, perspective, and yeah. I don't think there is a parent who, when a kid dies in an accident, that possibly they could have prevented. Been like, oh, if I would have like stood in the doorway talking to them five minutes longer, they wouldn't have gotten in that car crash, or like, you know oh, what I mean? I don't think there's like. Dragon What's crash. that? <laughs> <laughs> a dragon crash. Yeah, but like yeah, you know, like, that's like, what you know a lot of parents like, think yeah, yeah, about yeah. when their kids like die, right? Um, it is a natural. And like thought. one thing I would want to say about the whole like, if Hiccup died, is one of my biggest pet peeves that animated movies are doing and have been doing the last ten years is the constant sequel after sequel after sequel after sequel. Um, personally, if they would have killed Hiccup off, Hiccup off in this movie i don't think they could i mean they probably would have found a way to do a number two but i don't think they should have and they could have just wrapped it up tied it with a bow and it could have been a standalone movie i know how they could survive the king of hiccup he disappears into the fire and then astrid's in a swimming pool gets out the water and there's a blurry image <laughs> of hiccup in the background <laughs> Going back to extraction. Did you see that movie? We don't really know if it's him. It's just really blurred out. So it could be anyone. That's how it ends. I have a gutsy way of killing Hiccup that I don't think anyone's going to like. Go for it. Go for it. uh, Because my favorite thing about any movie is if it just tries something, if it just, you know, like whether or not the movie's good or not, if it tries something different and unique, I'm like, I respected that. And so I would have, you know, instead of having the big giant dragon fight, I would have had some sort of moment where it's just like, Stoic is gonna like murder a, a dragon. Hiccup just jumps in front and gets stabbed to death by his dad. Oh yeah. But like as the ultimate condemnation of like this is where your actions lead. You literally yeah. killed your That's, own son. That is yeah. a ballsy way to do it. And like that sure. is not a kids movie moment. No, no. Not, <laughs> I was like, say, that would be a live action remake. Right but there. I would be like, <laughs> like as a person also, watching it, I'd be like, yo, no, like, we've that's also a choice. Seen the Lion King. So, yeah. Is it really the worst thing to happen? Yeah, but The Lion King is caused by uh, antagonist, right? Yeah. It's yeah. not an accident. Yeah. Because um, in this... And, th- and like, but that, that would be really believes. interesting, but I feel like those sort of 
freak accident-esque deaths are very difficult to pull off in a satisfying fashion, yeah. right? Um, yeah. th those, that's going to be very polarizing. But it's like if, if the whole film is about the condemnation of oh, the Viking culture exactly. and how it has to move and 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 improve and Move develop it's like change. this is yeah. this is the ultimate like this is the means to the end yes. of like this you, is this is where you will lead us and it's it's very graphic it's very dark see, but it's like that's we're, what i go to yeah. that, for. Then, that definitely take away the big bad evil dragon yes it would see mm -hmm. and then from there in like hiccups of memory essentially they could learn to live together with as one with the dragons yeah. right mm -hmm. yeah but I don't think that's a movie that any parent that took their kids would be like, well, I'm satisfied <laughs> yeah. that we want to see that again. <laughs> parents would be oh mortified in particular. Like, now my child needs thousands and thousands of dollars of therapy. Yeah. <laughs> well, because I think if you did it that way, like you said, it, it, parents wouldn't want their kids to watch it. But if the parents themselves actually watched it, it would question a lot of parenting methods. Right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. A lot of parents would take a step back and go, Huh? Maybe I should call my college kid who just has nothing in common with me right now, and just see <laughs> if he's doing okay. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, what? And then have a I feel like Sam is treating moments. this as a. Yeah, Sam is treating this as a. a family therapy session. <laughs> oh, no. well, you know saying, what? Right? Let's, let's talk about it, Samuel. Please lie down on the couch. <laughs> <laughs> How does that make you feel? Oh my goodness. I have two pictures up. What mm -hmm. does this look like? <laughs> yeah, it's just it's just interesting, right? Because like. Uh, I mean, obviously, not everyone has the same kind of background. With everyone has a different dynamic with their family, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. No one, no one's two dynamics are the same. Um, but I appreciate films that come out and no, not even family, just in general, that come out and question what we in a society like. This is why I think films are important in general when they question in a strategic and like valid manner the things that we consider to be normal or the things that we consider to be the right path for someone or the right path for a society and stuff like that. Those kind yeah. of films make us think about the philosophies of whatever, um, I don't know, like it's a very, elements we're thinking about. It's right? a very, very common sort of theme in fantasy stories in particular mm -hmm. where you have yeah. like the one outsider who is like, this this way of life isn't right. right. And the, you see that a lot there. Exactly. Um, and you, I don't know, you go back to, I'm trying to think of one, maybe something, something like, um, oh, let's even go to the Lion King, for instance, when Nala bumps into Simba, grown-up Simba, and then, well, she's trying to eat one of the side characters at the time, <laughs> and Simba just goes, oh, no, he's a friend, and she's like, you're friends with, like, a warthog, like, this isn't our way of life, you know, like, that kind of a thing where it's more, you're... I do have a problem with the Lion King doing that because what the hell are the lions going to eat though? <laughs> <laughs> herbivores they now. <laughs> so what, the antelopes are not valued creatures no, in the I, circle? I, but I, but, I, you know, I, but I get what you mean. It's a vegan lion. It's a vegan lion. Never force, what's the, the joke? Never force your vegan lifestyle on your pets. <laughs> yeah. No, I feed my cats vegans. Yeah. <laughs> but that's the thing. It's just, it's, I find it very interesting. You go to something like uh, uh, even Arrival when it deals with something that doesn't even exist, like aliens, right? Yeah. And it's a movie that goes, huh, what if the aliens actually showed up not to conquer, but just to actually help us? Yeah. Mm -hmm. How would we react to that? And, you know, you get, you know, other governments like Russia or China be like, shoot those ships out the sky. You know, and everyone's like, well, slow down. Mm -hmm. Like, they haven't attacked us yet, you know? Yeah. So it's like, 
I like when it just questions what we think is. And questions our social norms. Yeah, exactly. Or things like, um, was it? No, it wasn't super bad. What movie was it that some, like, a bunch of kids were really pressured to go to college and then a lot of them didn't make it in? Oh, and they, they, yeah, they yeah, I remember like that. A one. fake university that they all went to and lied to all, the, all of their parents that they were going to university, but they were still learning either way, right? So, and then the parents are kind of like, huh, we're disappointed in you, but, like, we're also proud that you kind of still kept on learning in your own way. Hmm. You know, so, like, it kind of just begged the question, do people have to go to uh, a, a secondary secondary institution to be considered valuable in society or stuff like that? Yes, right? because the 1% demand it. <laughs> but on a serious note, we should start doing final thoughts. Oh, yeah, for sure. For a movie we really liked, we did criticize it a lot. I, I tend to do that with movies I really appreciate because... Yeah. It lets me zero in on elements that stood out as not being, well, perfect <laughs> in this case. So it, it's a lot of fun to kind of go, okay, these are like the four things in this movie that I prevented it from being a 10 out of 10, right? Right. Um, and yeah, so final thoughts. Like I, I said this at the beginning of the podcast, this is hands down my favorite animated movie and probably favorite movie in general, just because I kind of keep coming back to it and appreciating it. It's partially because I'm a huge fantasy fan. It's my favorite genre, and this movie is just kind of the quintessential animated fantasy story. It has the sort of training pet dragon dynamic that is a trope within fantasy, but I, I really appreciated their dynamic there. And... Um, the f the sort of him learning to do something his own way is also a theme that I really enjoy in these kinds of movies. And it demonstrated that the character, above all, was actually like intelligent and figuring things out for himself, right? A lot of the times it feels like the characters just kind of stumble their way through it. Mm -hmm. I, I honestly, it's like Hiccup knew what he was doing and he did it properly. Um, and, oh, last thing, soundtrack. 10 yes. out of 10. 10 Beautiful. out of 10. Oh, Perfect yes. soundtrack. Beautiful. Um, that soundtrack was Test drive, when he's initially flying and loses the cheat sheet, that is Just like, amazing. that is literally my most listened to song on Spotify. Yeah. <laughs> it is It is actually my most listened to song. Oh my um, it's, that soundtrack is phenomenal. Mm -hmm. I remember watching a YouTube video where he broke down the musical score yeah, of the movie. Good. I did, yep. Yeah. <clears throat> and how all those themes are introduced like in the first five minutes of the movie in that first you song. Everything. everything except the test drive song, yeah. right? Which is Toothless's theme. Yeah. And um, the the score was masterful. The score was flawless. I'll, I'll go out and say that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that was the one flawless thing in this movie. And yeah, this movie is like a 9.9 .9 out of 10 for me. Which is 99%. Yeah, that's as high sense. as you can get. Um, I was going to say, this is just good for even our listeners listening in too. Um, so if like we can all go, and Adam, you can go too. Uh, you're going to be our first, first host to do that. But like, I'm, I feel like our fans don't get a sense of what our individual favorite genres are. Because oh. that would be important going down. Yes. So whenever we're doing a movie, our fans are kind of like, Uchi probably recommended that, you know, or Sam <laughs> so like, like guess what I know your fantasy, right? I'm more dystopian or like, you know, alternate type stuff. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Uchi, what are you? Superhero. Superhero. I love my okay. superhero movies. Yeah, I'm more like dystopian or art house type. Just think, think movies. Um, Pam? Um, 
I like a little bit of everything. I would have to say, like, that's my go-to. A, that's such a PC answer. <laughs> it is, I know, but, like, I, I would on, say yo. really the only genre I don't really watch is horror and thriller. Like, my guilty pleasure are those bad drive-in zombie movies. But, like, my go-to, I'm going to lay on the couch, watch a good movie. I would have to say, like, the a legend fantasy or a legend western kind of story, like, mm-hmm. movie. Like I said, like one of my favorite movies of like my in my top five are Legends of the Fall, um, Forrest Gump, and Lord of the Rings. Like, right. That that kind of gives you a idea. <laughs> mm-hmm. So you're like, yeah okay so you're more like a like a floater between fantasy and like western almost. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Adam? Uh, I would say my most watched genre is definitely superhero yeah. films, um, but. For me, I don't know if it's necessarily my favorite anymore because of just how many of them there are and how uh, studio focus is. My favorite, this is going to sound really pretentious, but my favorite type of movie is anything where you can see it's like a singular artistic vision. Just being a uh, being a uh, amateur filmmaker myself, I don't like if you can tell this is a movie made by committee where it's like this guy came in and uh, had you know look, yeah, this point like, here. This and, point. Yeah. yeah, so it's... Uh, but which like, it sounds like the most like film school student thing to say ever. But like, like when you said it, I was like, the three of them probably hate us right now. No, I, re- I respect that. that. I respect that. What was that, that line that I said la- like a couple weeks ago? A pound of pretension is worth, or an ounce of pretension is worth a pound of manure. It's it's fair, and I, I don't mean it to say like, oh, every like studio movie sucks. I don't think that at all. It's just for my personal thing. I like to watch specific director so it's not even about genre it's it's directors more so than any sort that's of genre. that's fair did you see i lost my body i haven't yet but no. i really want to yeah okay you should watch it you might like it watch it and then go Very listen to us rip on it oh, no <laughs> remember, remember i cannot I watch s- art house films with, with these no. guys no remember <laughs> i told you i felt conflicted about that movie because half the movie i loved the other half i hated right yeah exactly and i was so conflicted about it see now i know i definitely don't want to watch like last black man in san francisco with them for sure you guys <laughs> are not gonna like, enjoy it <laughs> Hey, hey, Uchi. Yes. On the note of art has films, you got the same matching pop pop socket as I do still? <laughs> I still have that pop socket. It ain't going away. Oh, <laughs> uh, okay. So over here at Northern Critic, we rate and review our films using a coordinate system. Um, so we have north for good writing and south for bad writing. So we kind of rate good to bad on that scale. Um, in a similar fashion, we have east, meaning good you know, cinematography, cast, style, so all of the other stuff and West if all of that was bad, right? So a really good movie with good writing and good, you know, support supporting elements like cinematography or whatnot would be a Northeast. Um, and a really bad movie, like the one we did last week, uh, would be, <laughs> would be uh, Southwest. <laughs> okay, wait. Do you yes. know what Michael just did? This man's pulled up Google Maps. <laughs> like, I have to add a couple of weeks back, he started this trend of like, oh, we're going to say country names as coordinate points, right? Yeah. So I was like, oh, this movie, I'm going to give it, what did I say, Denmark? Yeah. I was like, I give this movie a Denmark. Just leave it stupid alone. countries, though. It's like, so go with funny. the main ones. <laughs> oh, so Denmark's not important? Denmark is not a stupid country. <laughs> <laughs> to anyone that listens to this that is from Denmark, I apologize. <laughs> Denmark is a great country. It's just Sam Dunn, like, for some reason. I'm like, oh, the Atlantic is my origin point. I'm going, you know, France. Then people know, okay, it's like a north. Yeah, but someone already, someone already said France in that podcast, I think. 
okay. So I, I wanted to be yeah. different. So I was like, Denmark is like, okay, no. so I'm guessing we're using GMT right. as the middle, right? Yeah. GMT and the equator. So I'm like, Denmark, northeast. Yeah. And it's like, oh, so you hated the cinematography? I'm like, no, I loved it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's yeah. like, yeah, but like, Denmark's uh, on the west. It's on the GMT. I'm like, do you not know how to map, bro? <laughs> no, I don't. Um, the reason for this is, I guess Greenland is technically territory of Denmark. Oh. So when I looked on the map as a little kid, I, saw, I had a map where it was flagged as Denmark. Ah. So I saw mm. it to the left of G, like the meridian, I think the it is, right? And that, that's, that really threw me for a loop. So I learned that they are, that <laughs> one is technically the territory of the other, and oops, um, I don't normally make those kind of gaffes. So basically a good movie is Russia. Yeah. Yes. 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 <laughs> I mean, I have maps zoomed in on the really East Siberian like Sea Argentina. right now. Interesting. Argentina would be a bad movie. So, but on that, I will be fair and say that while I absolutely loved the writing, there is a, like, the, the style of the movie is just so-so, mm-hmm. right? Like, you don't, there's no gorgeous scenes in this movie. Yeah. where you, you're just blown away by it, right? Like visuals. And yeah, stuff, like yeah. The, the visuals aren't there. The performances are yeah. fine. I know this. I know this. But yeah, so I, I'll be completely honest when I say that I, the writing to me is pretty close to flawless. Like the, the faults that I found in it, I can easily overlook them just because I get like a visceral enjoyment from this type of story. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is pretty so-so in terms of cinematography, right? So I'm just going to give it the North Pole. North Pole. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. So I guess I'll go next just to you know, toss things up this week. Go for it. Um, I really enjoyed the writing of the movie. Um, like Michael said, it's just, there's a few minor little things that I didn't like, a few character flaws, but overall can be overlooked. I think the biggest one that I can't overlook, especially after this podcast is the whole Astrid thing, but it's not going to something that's going to stop me from enjoying the movie. If I watch it again, um, cinematography was just kind of meh for me. I mean, there was a few good shots, but like you said, nothing memorable, um, and the animation style is just very to the day. <laughs> so I'm honestly, like, I do enjoy the movie. I love the soundtrack. I'm going to give it Finland. Finland. So a little Northwest. Just to clarify, we all watch this on actual, like, competent streaming platforms. Netflix. <laughs> it's on Netflix. That, that have good quality. Okay, no one watch this on, like... We watched it on this amazing Netflix. 4K TV, <laughs> which I realized Michael doesn't have a 4K Comcast, <laughs> so it wasn't even in true 4K. No, it wasn't. Yeah. Um, what movies are going in 4K in 2010? I I don't think so. I didn't put it. Oh, I guess I did. Shit, I did. Whatever. Chromecast. Who cares about your TV? <laughs> Please continue. Um, no. I for me, I will. Hmm. I'll go with. I'll go with the Morocco with this one. If we're using GST, I guess. GMT. GMT, sorry. GST. Um, <laughs> I don't know why we would text in the movie. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, but I would go that just because writing-wise... Uh, oh, actually, no, wait. I'm being dumb. Um, no, actually, yes. No, that's right. Sorry. Never mind. Yes, Morocco. Uh, so it's still northeast. 
Um, the north is slightly reduced because, again, with the asteroid stuff and whatnot, could have been, could have been over like the big bad, uh, could have been done better. Um, I I love DC and I hate Marvel, or I don't, sorry I love DC and I love Marvel, but uh, I love DC more than I love Marvel. And whenever I want to anger a Marvel fan, I just go, "Your villains suck." Mm. And this you're not wrong. <laughs> you're not, you're and, not wrong there. And this like this perpetuates the suckiness of the Marvel villains. It's um, not a Marvel movie. <laughs> it's not a Marvel movie, yeah, but like just, you know, going on that similar fashion or trend, right? Yeah. Um, so it could have been done better, um, but I still loved it. It definitely is high up on my favorite animated films. Um, definitely top three, I would say for sure. Um, what the other two are, I'm not going to get into that, but... <laughs> but Definitely pretty good, and you know, style and cinematography wise as well. Uh, I know you guys said you didn't see any visual cues that were really stunning. I personally enjoyed the um, was it the first one or the second one with like the clouds are kind of orange with asteroid that kind of looked okay. I think yeah. it was this movie. I mean, Romantic Flight, that whole sequence yeah, exactly. could have been. It, it was fine. It was, yeah. But there was nothing. It wasn't outstanding. Mm-hmm. And then also the um, kind of cloudy skies with the Big Bad. I didn't like the Big Bad specifically, but. I, I did that like sequence. the sort of thunderstorm yeah, parallel. Exactly. That it gave, so that, right? I thought that was pretty cool mm-hmm. as well, which is why I'm going a little bit more in the east direction for okay. that, too. Uh, but yeah, this is like a North. It's a great movie. Like, Keep watching it. If you're listening to this, go watch it right now. Like, it's great. Pa- pause us and go watch it. Right- no, I'm kidding. No, but just go watch it right now. Yeah. Let's go next. I guess I'll finish it off. Did, did I, I go? Oh, I have my list. Yeah. I guess. I'll go. I'll go. Then you can finish it off. Okay. Finish your own show instead of me being like, and I get the last word. <laughs> I mean, the film student should probably get the last word. Uh, I will say for me, I'm. I don't want to say I'm on the fence because I think for me overall, if I were to score this, it's like a eight eight and a half like yeah. it's it's just it's a solid movie all around uh so i think i will say northeast but a little bit more towards the north because i think while it utilizes its structure flawlessly i, I you know just it, it and again it's gonna sound pretentious but it's like <laughs> i like movies that just throw the structure rule book yeah and, but i also yeah. understand this is me as like a 25 year old looking at a kid's movie for the first time yeah. being like you know i didn't watch this when it came out i watched this you know an hour ago and mm-hmm. i'm like well i wouldn't have done it this way but i'm also you know not in charge of these movies for a very good reason because <laughs> <laughs> i would Imagine. have had uh, a hiccup getting stabbed to death so. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and i will admit that right? like i am trash for the genre right yeah. so that's, <laughs> that's definitely consider that when i'm speaking oh and like mm-hmm. i i mean i absolutely love the movie uh we paused for a bathroom break partway yeah. through, and I was like, this is amazing. This is so cool. Why did I watch this 10 years ago? So I think, you know, Northeast all the way, fantastic movie. Yeah. I will give this movie a Scandinavia, because that's where the Vikings are from. Oh. Yeah. I hate you right now. Who knows that geography? <laughs> Five years of school, and I still don't have a job. Oh, but I know my countries. You <laughs> report to them what about? But yeah, no, like this movie is, oh it's such a great movie. Like, I feel bad because I criticize the movie a lot. So I criticize Astrid's character, I criticize the performance parts, right? But that's more of a criticism of the social expectations rather than the actual movie. Yeah. So that kind of like allows me to separate the two. Because as a movie, this movie is really great, right? 
do we I kind of wish like the plot was more complex was not as story beat after story beat as other movies yes clearly I do right and but then even with all that I still think this movie is great right the plot is great the character I love the characters all of them right okay maybe not the side characters as much because I've already forgotten their names again <laughs> the soundtrack my god that soundtrack amazing is it the best animated movie I've ever seen? Like, in terms of animation? No, but then I have really high expectations for animation because of this one movie from, like, 2016, which just blew my mind away of how gorgeous it looked. Mm. Uh, Kimi no Nawa, okay. or your name in English for people out there. You just watch that movie for the animation alone. So amazing. Mm. But otherwise, yeah, 8 out of 10, Scandinavia, the Northeast, this movie is great. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Um, yeah, so there you have it, uh, How to Train a Dragon, the first one. I'm sure a lot of people have seen it already, but if this podcast episode makes you want to go see it again, go see it again. Um, I know for damn sure I watched all three movies religiously, like, at least every four or five months I do it. Um, and I watch it with my bearded dragon just chilling on my lap, so it's, it's, it's a good time. They definitely do hold up for rewatch. They have a lot of rewatchability, and I'm not a person that rewatches movies at all. Right? I tend to go through things once and leave it. Yeah. So. So yeah. Um, Yeah, I guess this is it. Thank you, Adam. Thanks for having me on. It was a pleasure. Oh yeah, no, anytime. Yeah. Yeah, I like having someone who's more or less maybe on my side. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) We need someone to counteract the trash uh you need the trash, trash layman opinions the it's, not trash. it's not trash at all it's it's not, not. No. the average movie it's a, exactly yeah. Yeah. the people who can't appreciate yeah but see, again, though, they can't pander was, to people like me because then hiccup gets murdered by <laughs> <laughs> is it or like sam said a couple weeks oh, ago you know God. our intelligence just isn't there uh, yeah we're as what was it saying as shallow as a kiddie pool um, uh, should we do shout-outs, recommendations, all those good things? All right, shout-outs, recommendations, yeah. shout-outs, spam. You had a shout-out for someone. Uh, yes, I actually want to give a shout-out to a local art, uh, Arthur, oh my god, local author. Um, I actually attended high school with her name, with her. Her name's Trinda Adair. Her new book just dropped. It's called Rival, or Revival Debriefed. Holy crap, I can't talk. Anyways, go check her out. Um, I think it's only online. I'm not 100% sure. But yeah, anyways, Trinda Dare, go check her out. She's a Manitoba author. What's the genre of the book? <sighs> Just give us a general idea of what it is, right? Because it's interesting. Yeah, you know my brain is drawing the biggest blank oh. ever right now. So <laughs> Pab didn't even read the book. <laughs> she was um, like, oh, of course I read your book. I believe it's book. a little more like uh, fat horror fantasy, I believe. Okay. Yeah, I will have a better briefing next week when I actually get around to hopefully reading it this week. So. Alright. I, I don't think I have any recommendations for this week. So, I'm drawing a blank. Um, I had a recommendation. I'm blanking out right now. Yeah. I don't remember what it was. Oh, well. Plugs. Plugs. Any dip. Yes. Yeah. Um, so, I guess, uh, do you want to plug yourself or anything? Are you good? You're all good. He's all good. Okay. I'm good. <laughs> yeah. um, you can find us on Instagram at Northern Critic UMFM. That's all one word. So at Northern Critic UMFM. 
Yeah, you can find us on Twitter at Northern underscore Critic. Northern underscore Critic. And we do have a website. It's called www.northerncritic.com. It's pretty easy, so you can find that too. Just use Google, folks. Yeah, literally just type, yeah, Northern Critic Podcast, and you'll be fine. <laughs> but yeah. Okay, yeah. I think we good. We good. Let's, let's yeah, go out. Um, so, like we've been doing, remember, wash your hands, don't be a jerk, stay don't safe. Don't touch your balls. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.